So welcome back to another episode of the Lalmark Show, guys. Um, tonight we will be giving a preview on the Champions League. Um, we have the last eight teams left, and before we actually jump onto the discussion, I'd like you guys to just introduce yourselves. Um, okay, hi guys. Uh, I am Pradeep Natimbekar. I am a medico as well as an ardent Chelsea supporter. I work in the media sector as well. I do photography, videography. I make short documentaries in Indian football. and yeah that's pretty much it till now hello guys my name is rohan and i am a engineer by profession and a diehard chelsea fan and i'm very much excited about chelsea reaching the quarter finals and hope we go a long way this season right so without any further ado let's just get straight on to the discussion um again why don't we just start the discussion with the chelsea versus porto fixture um so The first question that I'd like you guys to answer is: What do you guys think about how Lampard departed, and how Tuchel, you know, came into the team, and what differences can you note majorly um, in terms of the defensive um, strategies, in terms of the offensive tactics, and also if there's anything else you can add, what you want to add, you can actually add. Okay, so I was a big Lampard fan first of all, so I was the saddest one once he departed. But still, like Thomas has coming and came in and fill in his shoes, but he has not let us miss him for once with his defensive record, especially. So we have considered, I guess, only two goals till now in the fourteen games he has managed so far. So that's an amazing record. And yeah, I think one was the Rudiger own goal. Yes, yes, Rudiger own goal, and I uh, Minamino has scored the only goal till now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's an amazing record, and. We have faced the likes of uh, Manchester United, Liverpool, Atletico Madrid. So Atletico Madrid twice. So keeping a clean sheet against them, these all teams is a pretty, very much amazing task he has done so far. True one, true. What do you think, Pradeepna? Uh, the very fact that he mentioned about uh, Minamino scoring against Chelsea and Rudiger scoring an own goal for Chelsea. In all these games so far justifies how Tuchel's reign has gone after Lampard <laughs> departed, uh, yeah. primarily because of the fact that the attack doesn't look sorted as of now. It is yeah. gaining shape uh, in the same way as was the case under Lampard. Somewhere down the line, there has been a shift in probable mentality. Because not going to lie, uh, Lampard's Chelsea in the starting days uh, looked fantastic. Uh, the kind of precision or the kind of attacking prowess uh, Havertz, Werner, Ziyech, Pulisic just uh, brought on was uh, simply marvelous. And all of a sudden, with Tuchel coming in, the shift has changed more towards the defensive midfield with Kante, Kovacic. Kovacic is turning into some PlayStation showboater out of nowhere. <laughs> so that is absolutely uh, magnificent for somebody who has seen Kovacic always in that defensive midfield role. But overall, it just looks like uh, Tuchel currently is executing a damage control plan with giving uh, with him giving everybody a fair chance in a huge True. huge Chelsea roster. So the the ship is just uh, saved. But let's see how far it sails. True, but even Jorginho, for that matter, is um, mm. playing pretty well. I think all the three defensive midfielders are doing really well under Tuchel, and also Havertz is being tested out in that number nine role. Exactly. Uh, I think he's played that um, six hundred, seven hundred minutes under Bayer Leverkusen with um, you know Bayer and all those other players. Correct. 
so i think yeah he's he's okay in that role i mean i actually predicted it uh, towards the start of the season that you know avert like, should play in that role but no one really um preferred him in that role people were talking about him being a number 8 a number 10 but, you right. know he's more of a person who is a poacher inside the box so which is what i'm looking forward to right right yeah, exactly lampard was also not using him in his exact position he was playing him on the right wing so i also preferred him as a out and out number 10 maybe right. also T- also timo werner given the fact that he started games from the left flank more often and he yeah. was not able to get the ball uh, inside the net that was a concern primarily leading to probable uh, a mental collapse maybe or a lack of confidence leading to less number of chances in front of goal or less number of opportunities right from right from scoring goals to even starting games for that matter i think more than squad gameplay it was more about the squad management that Lampard had to guess because there was this snippet that went viral uh, from his recent episode shot somewhere. Uh, he actually spoke about how his tenure went. There were games where he prepared everything. He did his homework, but he lost. But mm-hmm. there were games where he was not sure what he was about to do or he was not sure about the outcome of the game. He has won uh, 4-1, 4-0, 3-0. So that has been his tenure as far as his personal experience is concerned. So if the manager himself had uh, such experiences going into the game, the squad did look as if they are reciprocating to Lampard's mindset. So that clearly justifies his tenure after he revealed what he said about his tenure. True. I think one of uh, the games which reminds me of the conversation which you are having is, again, the Salvin Bilic um, team, West Brom. Yes. I think they were winning 3-0 and then you guys drew 3-3 because of Hudson Odoi in the end. Hudson Odoi has been quite a revelation even in the second half of the season under Tuchel, you know. So, he's actually um, jumped his ranks and I think he's preferred more um, when it, in terms of pace, in terms of energy when it comes to ZH and him. But what do you think? Is ZH more adept to the Chelsea squad at the moment or, or would you actually prefer Hudson Odoi? Hudson Odoi is basically playing a more uh, you can say a versatile role like right wing, like he's playing sometimes left wing, right wing. He's playing anywhere and he's playing very nice. So I, I guess he, he's go-to man for almost this, in his, in this current lineup. Uh, so just forget your tactical formation. Both of them are actually primarily wingers. Okay. Hmm. We don't, I don't want wing backs to be, you know, relayed in this formation. Let's go with a 4-3-3. Mm-hmm. If, okay. if suppose Tuchel goes with a 4-3-3 one day not a 3-4-3 what do you think which winger will start will it be ZH or will it be um, Hudson Odoi uh, I would prefer on the right wing ZH and on the left wing Pulisic right yeah Hakim Habibi any day right but that Habibi's left foot is magnificent he he's he's termed a wizard within half a season by the Chelsea official page already uh, that is his that is his caliber and we've seen everybody has seen that that moment where he rose to fame at Stamford Bridge from True. that angle he scored a direct free kick I mean considering Kepa's face coming in between the goal uh, uh, the sticks but considering that the free kick hit that post from that angle as an Ajax yep. player and he's been doing that not just that, for that one game he's been consistent plus he's 28 He's yeah. hit that prime. That was an amazing goal. I still remember. 
Yeah, plus plus age is on his side. Hakim has got experience as well as he has got that flair, that touch that probably we haven't seen from a Chelsea winger for a long time. Also, an interesting fact about Hudson Odoi. I have seen Hudson Odoi play when he was um, featuring for the England national team when they had the Under-17 World Cup in India. Mm-hmm. Uh, him along with Angel Gomez, uh, Rian Brewster, uh, the, 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 the players who are currently youngsters in the Premier League, Phil Foden. So, these yeah. players were together. And the only thing that Hudson Odoi used to do is practice only basics. But when it came to the game, he used to bring his skill set into action. Right. So, that right. is exactly what Hudson Odoi's gameplay differentiates himself from the other attackers. That he keeps his mentality on the basic level. But his legs are so quick that he can change the game in the flip of a second. Right. Exactly. But it was unfortunate he got injured in between a couple of seasons back. And then Mm. after that, I guess he is yet to achieve his full potential. Right. Right. But you know, uh, you guys are probably a dangerous winger. But still, I agree. Even if let's just stick to the 3-4-3, which Tuchel is following. In that, I think ZH is occupying the space next to Havertz and just behind um, Timo, who acted as a number nine against Atletico. Um, you know, even in that match, I, I just feel sometimes there's some some ways where he's easily getting crossed over because of him not able to generate enough space to track back. In such situations, you need someone who's quicker, faster, if you're playing a low-block team, maybe like Tottenham, maybe like Burnley, I, I would rather prefer a player who has who's all pace and who's got no skill so that he can at least just overlap and pass or just cross and, you know, in between the lines. Hmm. Um, ZH definitely has a very good left foot and he shows it a couple of times. Four or five good chances is what he creates. But per 90 impact, I would still give it to Hudson Odoi, man. And the fact hmm. that he's using them both together in that formation is marvelous. So I don't really have any complaints from ZH or Hudson Odoi. But like, if you see the numbers, I would still uh, let Hudson Odoi take the charge, you know. Um, because right. the numbers just prove everything. Correct, correct. Plus, 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 he is also, like, the only reason why Hudson Odoi also might start, according to whatever you said right now, is even, even I got to realize that um, even under Lampard, when he used to come up as a substitute, he always delivered. I mean, look at the Arsenal as well as Manchester City defeats. 3-1 margins. Who was the provider or the goal scorer? Hudson Odoi. Mm. Or uh, the, the West Brom game, as you mentioned. Same thing. Yeah. Um, he provided uh, the assist. One assist uh, sorry, he one scored. Goal. Yeah, one assist and one goal. Exactly. So, Hudson yeah. Odoi has been an impact player. But exactly because of the fact that he's got the basic traditional English basics as well as the skill set of somebody who is a traditional winger at the first place. So he, he can he balances the game. Only problem that Tukil might face is the the versatility of mindset that Hudson Odoi carries. He True. sometimes switches into a 4-3-3 kind of winger in a 3-4-3. Right. When he plays right wing back, he is just playing as if he is the second winger in that attack. No doubt, because of this very reason, if you see, he was substituted as uh, at half time, but he was taken off after 15 20 minutes. This was right. the exact reason because he was that was very that, harsh. Yeah, that was harsh. Like a young player, that is absolutely harsh, especially, especially uh, somebody of Hudson Odoi's caliber. But 
the main reason is always based on how a player carries a game mentally when it comes to such a high level and when it comes to a young player tukil does know how to tackle young players because he has experience in borussia dortmund so right. that is probably the reason he tweaked him there saying that you are not a guaranteed starter in this team so right. you better have that mentality otherwise the exit door is open Let's just talk a bit about um, the UCL statistics again. Okay, I'll just mention a few. Porto mm-hmm. average average at a thirty eight percent possession in the UCL, whilst Chelsea have dominated this facet with sixty three percent of the possession in on an average. Um, so, are we expecting to Kel to like get on with the same crossing regime? Because we saw Chelsea players across they cross thirty four, thirty five times against Atletico. And mind you, to be honest, personally, I found Atletico. Uh, a little fierce in the first half because they had two or three crucial chances which they should have finished and they couldn't. Right. Uh, right. Chelsea, no doubt, they dominated the game after 34-35th minute mark and obviously they came out victorious. So, are we expecting Porto to go in with a very sturdy defensive line as usual because they have six players in the midfield, they become very compact and they like playing in their own half, right? Or hmm. and, and do you think Chelsea will be able to like get over that low block? What are you expecting from the game? Why don't we start with Ro, uh, Rohan first? So I guess Chelsea will have the same tactics like play with the position and counter attack maybe. So I'm I'm not watch Porto that much. So but that on that only they have knocked out Juventus. So we cannot take them for granted. That is for sure. Obviously, they are the most easy tie we could have expected. But still, Chelsea will have to work hard on both the legs to get through this tie. True, man. True. Hmm. Wow. What do you I think? Mean, I mean, I mean, looking at Porto, uh, I just I'm just looking at the statistics as well. In yeah. the in the in the in the Portuguese league as well, they're getting some good amount of clean sheets. True. Absolute domination. They're completing um, games with three nil, four nil scores, <laughs> and they are dominating margins like never before. So, yep. if we consider their domestic progression as well, they are not doing that bad. And first of all, uh, if I'm not wrong, um, I think a couple of years ago they had def- uh, they lost to Liverpool. I remember that game, Liverpool in the group stage or quarterfinals or something like that. I do remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, Also, I think that was Europa. I think that was in Europa. Europa, Europa, yeah, Europa League. Yeah. Oh, Liverpool was that backward back then. Oh, okay. <laughs> They're so good they now. Were, we just think. Yeah, even, I mean, even I was talking to Rohan about this that Liverpool huh. supporters nowadays they are actually cribbing over the fact that we are actually not playing that well this season. I think they have not been long-time Liverpool supporters because the Liverpool that I have seen, I'm used to to seeing all this, you know. So. Europa, exactly. Either Liverpool has this tactic of either getting the Champions League after like defeating AC Milan in a dramatic fashion, or just end up in the middle of Europa League out of nowhere. <laughs> they, they, they have this tendency. I used to call them the English Napoli. <laughs> but but surprisingly, you know, uh, we okay. Let's just get back to the discussion. Yeah, I'm actually yeah, yeah. talking about Porto. So, Porto. I just saw um, that. I I'm just seeing. I'm just seeing uh, as we talk. They know, are actually. I, I wouldn't really get into the domestic um competition. Yeah, in terms even of the being, Champions League. If you see the Champions League, yeah. they are they are they the their defensive lineup is a little bit leaky as when it comes to good teams. But yeah. uh, with the two players they have, especially uh, Mehdi Taremi, I've seen yeah. that lad play against you. And I am my goodness, that lad has some potential. Uh, right. 
also you are absolutely right about the low block approach that porto has but also at the same time the low block has also led to uh, them conceding a lot of goals as well so okay. uh, chelsea if they need to penetrate the porto defense all they've got to do is keep their calm because porto yeah. given this tie has nothing to lose they had nothing to lose even against juventus they had the same mentality they just went all out they exactly and this thing makes them this. more dangerous exactly yeah. and given the fact that all chelsea fans are excited over that porto mil gaya porto mil gaya i'm like hang on a second they've defeated juventus juventus considered in the very first minute and exactly. by the end of the 45th minute exactly and it was a very freakish goal both the goals very freakish correct correct they and they frustrated the opposition it came down to nerves because porto obviously being the weaker team the dark dark horse had nothing to lose which is why they absolutely. won the game right absolutely so, absolutely uh, but i still think that they will be letting you just in not from the midfield you guys will be still taking those options from the wide spaces because you guys they want you to cross man they've got pepe who's 37 years old very ex- yeah, very experienced but actually they've imagine. got other defenders as well who who very sturdy hmm. and very strong on the ball you know so i right. have i have some confidence in porto but looking at chelsea's squad depth man like if chelsea bring on all these um, attackers they've got pulisic havertz they've got timo werner giroud who's already scored six goals in the champions league and a bicycle <laughs> and a bicycle, and a bicycle. Too, yeah. <laughs> so I, i i don't know man but i seriously think it'll be a very tough competition because even teams like leon if they can knock out manchester city i don't know what can happen exactly exactly even teams like tottenham knock out manchester city so that's so okay. when they play champions league final <laughs> Yeah, but but actually, it's this is going to be a combination of Atletico as well as uh, somebody like Southampton and Leeds, how they play in the Premier League against Chelsea. This is going to be a combination of both these teams when it comes to Porto's approach. Chelsea on the other side haven't exactly solved their attacking uh, issues yet. That is the exact uh, concern mm-hmm. I have as far as this uh, this. Uh, team currently is concerned otherwise defensively we look very sharp and you were absolutely right about the bench strength like we saw the game against sheffield united in the yeah. fa cup sheffield is bringing substitutes like mcburney or somebody like that he the sheffield manager is looking at tukel who is getting out havertz and ch instead of gerrard mm. and hudson odoi so that explains everything in a case of fa cup so champions league we've got to go all guns blazing true Yes, but exactly. Rohan the yep. bench strength is amazing for Chelsea but as Pradyumna said ki the penetration we are lacking a bit like we are winning it 1-0 2-0 at the max so we are not scoring that many goals so we'll have to consider that also but i guess if we keep a composure we will be through right hmm. and also i just wanted to ask you Chelsea fans one question uh I am really confused when it comes to the left wing back position. I know this for a fact that Chilwell is not a wing back, he's a left back. Alonso is a wing back. Alonso also showed good form when to to Kel, you know, brought him in and he kind of unleashed him with those two. He scored two goals under Tuchel, I think. Mm-hmm. Um which which defender would you prefer because we know that he likes both defenders love overlapping. Both defenders have a strong left foot. But Chilwell is a bit more pacier than um, Alonso. So, which defender would you prefer? Honest answer. Yeah. Emerson Palmieri. <laughs> 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 Extend his contract. Give him all the games, man. No, but given the choice that you are giving us, um, I think I think I'll go with uh, 
Marcos Alonso NAD. He has that he has that historical transitional moment with Antonio Conte. True. Uh, when when it came with the original 3-4-3. True. So and also given the fact that Tuchel is using squad rotation so well. Yeah. That even Chilwell when it comes to wing back position doesn't need much time to adjust but Alonso looks naturally fit in that position probably because we've seen him there seen him there probably because he's delivered from that position yes so, amazing attacking practice i guess sometimes feel like he has to be a striker or something <laughs> i would long term i would prefer chilwell only because for even the english team they play i guess three at the back only southgate yeah. also uses the same formation so chilwell is the first choice over there also so he's pretty much adapted to the three at the back system and in a recent yeah. interview he also said that only keep playing three at the as a wing back for both chelsea and english national team gives him a pretty much stability going into the formation so and mind obviously you alonso hmm. yes but obviously why alonso having the attacking threat more than chilwell but But I'm little uh, confused. Why would you actually talk about Emerson? A little bit, which a uh, little bit defensive stability. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I'm butting in, uh, Rohan. Yes, uh, yes. Why do you think, Pradeepna? Why would you mention um, Emerson in this? You know, Emerson <laughs> hasn't really showed up in the attacking department at all. He's all defense. He he can defend well. Um, hmm. But overall, he just offers a very average position on the pitch. Also, I don't. If he might have performed well in one matches or. I think he just played one match that if FA Cup match against Sheffield. Right. I didn't really see him playing any other match uh, under Lampard I've seen him come once or twice. Only League Cup What or something like that. Does he offer in the team and does he fit in the tactical approach which Tuchel is trying to employ? Mm, honestly speaking if he could not right. get into uh, <laughs> if he could not get into Lampard's selection strategy I think Tuchel's strategy is a far call for him. But given the fact he's given an opportunity, and you see the very next moment in the very first attack that he is involved in, his very first touch is a goal. So <laughs> that explains his professionalism. Even Giroud, even True. players like Alonso, who were sidelined by Lampard, apparently sidelined by Lampard, uh, have also delivered in the same fashion as Emerson has. So I think professionally his work ethic sounds absolutely on point, but. as far as the strength of the squad is concerned i think he might uh, unfortunately lack the prowess that a chelsea left back or a left wing back of the caliber of whoever we've got mind you we've got a player who's won the premier league as well as the europa league who's playing in the current wing back position uh, also emerson has won honors but uh, the delivery hasn't been that consistent i think only given the fact that when if you need a spark or a moment of brilliance needed from somebody who's an underdog we might use the services of emerson otherwise consistently i don't personally feel so right it was just it was just a matter of uh, thing against atletico that's why i just talked about emerson nothing else <laughs> uh right so let's just get on with the prediction guys um rohan why don't we start with you uh i guess it would be something i would go with 3-0 over both the legs right what about you pradeepna uh, i'm not i i'm genuinely don't uh, you know go with uh, predictions as such but on a, on a winning note for chelsea specifically but uh, also apologies for that that does sound pessimistic but um, 
I'm going with a draw in the home leg or put. So away leg, which we are facing first. So a draw, uh, maybe goalless or one-one there. And home leg, we are capitalizing. We are getting over them two-nil, uh, just like Atletico. Right. Yeah. I think I'll go in with the with a first leg. Um, is it happening um, at home or away? Where is it happening first? Uh, Chelsea is playing away. I'll go in with a one-one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, drop for both the teams, and then second leg, obviously, Chelsea will be winning it by two nil, three nil. So, right, that's my prediction. I think because the congestion, the schedule, the traveling will take a toll on Chelsea. The players, maybe Pulisic is on and off. He comes on, played very well in the FA Cup, played very well in the past two matches that he's played in. But then, you know, like last season, uh, the FA Cup uh, against Arsenal, I, that was his best performance till date for me, man. The pace that he tried generating, and he actually got injured in that match only, right? Right. Yes. Very right. sad. A run on which he got injured. If he hadn't been injured on that run, also he would have scored, I guess. Okay, Don. So let's just talk about a bit about Manchester City and Dortmund, man. Um, so let's just talk talk a bit about the star players: um, Jadon Sancho, Erling Haaland, um, Marco Ruiz, Reina. You know, um, <laughs> even other players, man. Hummels. Um, they've got a plethora of other players. What do you think of uh, the Dortmund team? Given that even against Sevilla, we've seen them against so many teams. They they have a very good approach in the first half. They want to score as many goals as they can, and in the second half, they kind of go on the back foot and they like playing deep in their own half. Again, counter attacking is what they like. But don't you think this kind of strategy can be a downplay when they are facing a team like Manchester City? What are your thoughts on that? Okay, so as he said, he, they are having an amazing attacking, but still counter attack. And I guess Man City is pretty much stable throughout all the three uh, fields on the game. So I guess Man City with their defense also go on, go on. won't won't be broken. So I think Man City will be pretty much comfortable going into this tie. Right. What do you think? I think I think what Borussia Dortmund does is you are absolutely spot on with their gameplay. Uh, the the way you mentioned, they are like uh, they they tend to be Bayern Munich in the first half. They uh, the coach just uh, takes Mourinho's notes out of nowhere, and then <laughs> they just play on a counter attack as well as a low blocking defense. Considering they are having Jadon Sancho as well as Erling Haaland in that attacking lineup. Um, Man City, I've got to say, they've they've got to aim for the quadruple this season. They cannot bottle in the quarterfinal yet again. <laughs> they've, yeah, they've had massive... Uh, I mean, he, Pep Guardiola must have had ego issues yeah. after he lost to Tottenham at home. After Fair that league. quarterfinal, I think he has taken it very seriously, this Champions League. If True. Gundogan and De Bruyne are scoring goals in that fashion consistently every game, along yeah. with uh, Ruben Diaz, uh, who uploaded an Instagram reel today about his first goal, again assisted yeah. by De Bruyne, of course. Who else? Uh, Aguero scoring goals for fun. I think Pep Guardiola just carries a PS5 controller in his hand <laughs> and is just controlling the game from the dugout. Uh, Dortmund all needs uh, trying to be tactically aware about Man City's prowess. Yeah, I think there needs to be a little bit of. Uh, Patience and nerve when it comes to dealing with Man City because they mentally exhaust you. 
man mentally exhausted is an understatement i think actually they, they i don't know man the switch of play the passing there's so much fluidic movement it's exactly the tiki taka or the prep pep guardiola style of playing you know you know the beauty of it you know the beauty of it it's 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 very simple guardiola's game is actually very simple and i think i think that's life the simplest of things are the most difficult ones to execute true man true you know it looks beautiful because it is simple but to execute it when you try to execute it yourself then yeah. you realize how difficult it is it is it is yeah that's why it's beautiful coordination is super quick man and they they are very well accustomed in terms of knowing which player will be in which position the way de bruyne used to flick those balls in as of late he's not doing it hmm. because of i don't know he's hit some rut or maybe he got injured in between he got covid also right 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 there's some problem with de bruyne but no i think he still delivers he still has one assist or something to offer in, in throughout the game right absolutely um, but also i think the center halves man john stones amazing what a comeback he mm-hmm. was exactly. bench for 3 years he did not offer anything ruben diaz came in from um, i think he came in from sporting and ruben diaz joined, yes. he joined this team now he's playing remarkable football he's a good support system laporte was sidelined we all thought laporte will be will be the star um, center defensive half for them this season but no he's sidelined um ho cancelo amazing replaced uh, kyle walker on the right kyle walker zinchenko is playing on the left it is just amazing how city have come up man and i'm totally in awe of the way pep guardiola is playing the season because he started uh, with a very dismal note city were actually lacking lacking yep. all that um, you know the, the the performance they were playing the same style of football but they couldn't really get that performance in um what do you guys think they were 10th in the league position when liverpool chelsea tottenham were the league leaders mm-hmm. at that point of time did you guys actually think that in the premier league that they'll actually show up the season and also in the champions league what are your predictions finally for the game why don't we just like crux it out yeah. as you said apart from the defense they are also having amazing attack also like mares manatro silva sterling so everyone is uh, if someone is having off day one of them is going to score only so i guess city will be comfortable over the two legs maybe the prediction for me will be two to Two to draw in the uh, Dortmund's home leg and maybe a two nil win in City's home leg. Hmm. Actually, I'm not going to lie. I'm not kidding as well. I, nor do I intend to be any kind of astrologer when it comes to this. <laughs> But you know, uh, actually, before the start of the season, I had a discussion yeah. with my friends where I actually mentioned that Man City is going to have a dismal start or a weird start. but once they get the rhythm the substitutes are going to deliver these were the exact words i used their substitutes will deliver they'll get some new revelations and they are going to take the premier league by storm also they are going for the quadruple this season also given right. the expense of the team uh, like dortmund expect a dortmund win in um, uh, in the signal iduna park uh, and a complete domination by man city at the etihad right, right. um Uh, since rohan really mentioned about um, the attacking prowess of the team i'd also like to mention that gundogan has been actually doing what mm. de bruyne was doing last season he's been playing well offensively we usually used to see him play operate in the number 6 number 8 uh, you know uh, the hybrid role but this season 
he's progressing from a number 8 to a number 10 to a number 9 role also he's seen as a striker also he scored so many goals from the box right again what are your thoughts on uh, gundogan and also rodri man he's come in from atletico he's doing pretty well for the stature that he was supposed to give he's shown that stature you know at this stage Aspar Rodri is a perfect replacement for Fernandinho. So it was the best signing for City that season. Rodri and about Gundogan, I'm very happy with him. He has been giving me many points in my FPL team as well. Scoring <laughs> <laughs> goals, assisting, amazing player. True man. Yeah, Guardiola is known for disappointing so many FPL managers. <laughs> <laughs> every time there are yeah every time i see guardiola uh, revealing his lineup fpl managers are doing that uh, what's the new instagram reel trend that dangerous song where the where the people are trying to drink that glass of water from the shape hota na hath wo wala trend everybody is that anxious mm-hmm. but uh, when when it comes to um, these kind of players now more than them coming from these places it's more about guardiola's individual management of the players he is right. not technically uh, trying to be uh, what kind of, what could be parenting these kind of players he is giving them the kind of freedom uh, they deserve as well as the kind of strictness one needs to have he is having the correct balance of new players that get into the starting 11 and that has been uh, delivering so many trophies for him this season i mean which are going to come for in this season first leg in that that quarter final leg is dortmund is winning 1-0 scrappy 1-0 win uh, yeah. etihad man city will win 3-1 what do you think ron well so i said dortmund's home leg it will be 2-2 draw and maybe at etihad it can be a 2-0 win for man city <laughs> maybe <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I I seriously think City are the stronger stronger opponent but I think Dortmund will nick this one man. I don't know why. It, it feels weird now when you see a um, different opposition all of a sudden that sparks suddenly out of nowhere. You have this feeling yeah. every time na even if you're 99% sure. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I know they are very strong. I know Ruben Dias is like a pillar. He's been like the Van Dijk of the Premier League but <laughs> I don't know. I think you know such freak incidents happen. City lost to Manchester United, man. <laughs> so come on, man. So yeah, I mean, okay, they can lose to fucking Dortmund as well. But also one last interesting question, which I would like to ask Rohan. Rohan, what do you think if Dortmund get knocked out of the quarterfinals? Will Haaland join Manchester City in the next transfer window? Recently, Manchester City were linked with uh, Nanny Inks, <laughs> so oh, yeah. the fans were also from Haaland to Nanny Inks in a quick span. <laughs> He's also being linked to the Real Madrid. I want Haaland to come join the Premier League, maybe Man City. <laughs> right, um, but. Uh, it's kind of funny that he's being linked to you know Real Madrid, but not Barcelona in a way. Why? Why is Barcelona always boosted out? I mean, every season we just see players wanting to go to Real Madrid. Look at Mohamed Salah. Look at Sadio Mane. Look at any and every player. Why do all these star players just want to play for um, a team which is as big as Barcelona? Man, I don't get that. Um, you know, philosophy which they follow. What do you think, Pradeep? Now, what is your take on that? Because they'll buy somebody for one forty-four million and then loan him to Bayern Munich only for him to score two goals against them. 
That is exactly why nobody wants to join Barcelona, man. And you sell your best priming striker when you have a disrupted board to Atletico Madrid. I mean, and True. you, and you, I, I don't understand that transfer window where they they actually sold Arthur or they gave it gave him out on loan only to they, get Miralem Pjanic. Exchanged him uh, with Pjanic, yeah. Yeah, they extend him with exchange him with Miralem Pjanic. I mean, Arthur is going to give you much more years. Why yeah. are you exchanging him with that? I mean, if you are looking for a long term improvement, then Arthur was your solution in midfield. I think they are trying always trying to replicate the Pep Guardiola 2009 sextuple winning team in every single generation is probably causing them the trouble. You see, they're trying to have those kind of uh, places like for like you, you uh, Man United has a problem with the number seven role. Somebody yep. wants to be the next Ronaldo. Somebody wants to be the next CR7. Here you have the same situation with every position that is legendary. For example, uh, Javi, Iniesta, obviously, Sergio Busquets, which will eventually be vacant. Uh, uh, at the back, Carlos Puyol. Um, goalkeeper was wildest, but Ter Stegen is good enough. Um, yeah. Then there is wingers. Henri used to play as a winger. Eto used to play as a winger as well as a potential striker. So, there have been some legendary names and every time a new player comes in, they feel Barcelona fans. I've talked to Barca fans even like in my neighborhood, which also have the same mentality where they say that he's not playing as the player who was playing in the last generation. Right. I think this every player is different and that is what Barca does not tend to actually establish when it comes to uh, distributing talent. Real Madrid does because Real Madrid has been doing it since a very long time. Galacticos is the best example. Yeah. 